Hello everyone, hello again. Welcome to the third episode of African Perspective. An African Perspective. Today we are going to discuss an interesting topic, the implication of the African Sustainability Index for the Nigerian health sector. This is a paper by um, Chineku Owo, a very interesting young economist at Bayes University. Um, my name is Mariam Dati, and I'm um, here with my co-host Aminata Aliyu, and uh, would like Chineku to introduce herself a little bit and then introduce the topic just briefly for us, please. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, my name is Chineku Owo, like you already said. I am a lecturer here at Bayes University with the Economics Department. Um, my research interest is in health economics as well as development in general. Yeah, so th that's what I do. So occasionally I pick up some interesting topics and look at them. So this particular one, African Sustainability Index. So I just decided to look deeper into it when I saw online that we had a rather interesting ranking on the index. So yeah, so <laughs> I don't know if I want to go any further or you should okay. carry on from here. Oh, great. Um, so um, we just want to know, uh, uh, give us a brief on Africa Sustainability Index because I'm sure quite a lot of people that are listening do not know what African Sustainability Index is. Okay, so um, it's I think it's a rather new index. I mean, during the pandemic, a lot of people saw how things were dwindling sort of in all the sectors. And then given that um, the universal health coverage, we're aiming for that by 2030, it was imperative that they checked to see, okay, where are we standing? How far gone are we in trying to get this whole universal health coverage? And, yeah, so this was one of the initiatives to rank some African countries. So they looked at about 18 countries, and they ranked them based on their performance on some of the various um, um, signs that they looked at. I think they looked at finance, they looked at assets, they looked at innovation and a whole stuff. Health status, others. quality. Yeah, health status, quality, and other f or any other factors, you know. So there are about eight of them. So they ranked all these um, 18 countries on the signs, and then they also gave an overall ranking. So you see your rank as a country and you see where you stand. Okay. and know what you have to do before 2030. Okay. Sorry, before you continue, but um, do you know why it's just 18 countries they've picked out out of all the countries? In Africa? Well, I would say, you know, data issues. That's the very first thing. So you need to, to be able to come up with this kind of thing. You need some sort of stability in that country. Yeah. And also, they also choose places that reflect on all the other countries. So if you look at these 18 countries, you'll see a mix of South African countries, East African countries and okay, West so African. they did regional. Um, they yeah, they according to regions, regions. so they can cover different regions to Ex justify that you know they've covered the um, exactly the continent. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then data also very important. They need yes. to be able to have information yes. at some level to be able to yes. carry out work. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I okay. Um, so very interesting. The implication of the African Sustainability Index for the Nigerian health sector. What did you find? Hmm. <laughs> expand on your findings because you had some interesting findings. Yes, yeah, very interesting. Very, very first of all, and our, um, our ranking. Well. Our ranking is quite interesting. I mean, first of all, how did I even stumble on this? Because it's not. It's, it was really new to me. It's now something that has been over the years. I think the first one was just in 2020. So I hope maybe they can update us later. But so I was just online, you know, trying to do some research, and then I come upon this and. 
they are telling me that Nigeria ranked 14th out of 18, 18. African countries. And then I'm like, wow, how? I mean, we're one of the strongest economies in Africa. So how did we possibly because perform this? So that got me really interested. Yeah, so I and st- you said, and I think according to the document, we have a country like Ghana in the top five. Yes. <laughs> and then Nigeria at 14. 14. That's a bit disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, when we talk about economic judgment. Okay, let's look at West Africa, for instance. Yes. I mean, if, if yes. you're talking about West Africa, let's not even enter South Africa or East yes. Africa and the rest. So originally, we're the dominant ones, right? Yes. yes. If you look at West Africa. I mean, our GDP is like... We're the largest GDP. I mean, continentally, we're the largest yeah. GDP. Yes. So not just even in the region. Continentally. Yeah, and we're exactly. We're one, of the, uh, we're one of the countries with the highest GDP. Yes. And then the funny thing again that you would see, that's also another thing that got me interested. And I think I need to stop at some point to eat so I don't get so upset. <laughs> <laughs> so all the countries in the top five, they rank top ten. Where you rank GDPs. Okay. So there are countries that are also doing well, well economically. Yeah. But we are also doing well economically. Yeah. And we are ranking with, you know, countries that have very low GDPs. Yeah. So why why that, why that are we so far, Like, why is our economic strength not showing well, in you know, our, this thing? Yes. So that, those were the questions in my mind. So that made yeah. me really, that got me really interested. Yeah, yes. yeah so... I mean, when you talk of financing, I don't think I need to <laughs> say much about it. We all know what we face every day trying to get access to healthcare, trying to pay for healthcare. If you are not rich, then you're kind of doomed when it comes to <laughs> But even if you're rich, um, we still see a bit of issues in the private sector because there's still limitations, right? So the misdiagnosis. Yeah. You know, we have we have several cases of mis- misdiagnosis or we have several several cases yeah. of even, you know, um, incompetent, um, you know, or negligence in those sectors. Um, um, okay. So, back to, let's really back into <laughs> the discussion. Yeah. So, what did you find? Okay, so okay. First of all, Nigeria ranked 14th mm-hmm. out, of 18. out of 18 African countries, and when you look at places like access to healthcare, we see that our ranking is really low. Mm. And then you look at finance. So this 14th is a reflection yes. of what all the other sector, all the other aspects of the um, the index is saying. Our best ranking was in innovation. Okay. Sixth. So we ranked sixth in innovation, which mm-hmm. is good. But then the general performance in that sector is also really low because we ranked sixth with a score of 36 that's over 100. Good. Oh, that's really low. So that's low. So it means generally um, all these countries have, you know, not been very innovative or really innovative yeah, at all. So it's just that, you know, you're, not, you're, you're one of the okay, no, not even okay. You're bottom barrel boss. Bottom, you're yes. better than others. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're still in the bottom though because 36 is quite low. Yeah. 36% is very quite low. Yeah, but at least six, six position. Okay, not so bad. But it means generally, it means just generally, continentally, we're just not okay in, in, in innovation. Yeah. I mean, even the health itself, generally, we're not just okay, but yes. we are one of the people, one of the countries in the very lower yes. ranks, which yes. I think shouldn't be so. I believe we can, we can be better. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. can yeah. be better. So now, um, with that... um. One of the things, again, um, I found very, very interesting from this article was looking at the allocation to the health sector. So we know the health sector is one of the key sectors of mm-hmm. a country, and Nigeria is no different. Should yeah. be its large population yes. and as well um, a lot of um, even unaccessible areas and stuff. Um, so according to your article, our average budget allocation to this health sector is just 4.4%. 
in comparison to the 15% we pledged in 2001. Of the GDP. Yeah, 4.4% of, of the GDP. GDP. Yeah, in comparison to the 15% we actually pledged the in 2001. Yes. The benchmark. Continental um, During the Abuja Declaration. So do you want to like expand on that or anything? Yeah. Because there probably there might be a correlation. There could or there could not be a correlation between budget allocation and as well the health sector, the, health the efficiency sector. of the health sector. Definitely. I mean, the, the data goes to speak for itself. Mm. If we are not meeting up with what we're supposed to do, how do we expect mm-hmm. results? Because mm. health is not something that... Health is not something that you just sit back and expect that supernatural healings. I mean, some people believe in that, but the truth is we actually need to put these machineries in place. We need to pay doctors. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to make sh- we need to be able to take health care to people who can't even afford to pay. And Accessibility. We know th- yes, yeah. and we know that we have a lot of those kind of people in Nigeria, people who don't have money to pay. So now they need to have access to health care. It's not just about if you can pay for it. So now this goes to a lot of spending. Yes. So if you don't allocate money, how do you expect these people to um, survive? You know? And um, when you talk about health care, so I also believe that maybe the reason why a lot of attention is not being paid to mm-hmm. this sector is because it's not a sector that pays you back. Okay, so it's, it's like so a sector that you need to keep Spending, giving. Yeah. You need to keep giving. Keep so it's giving. not a revenue generating. Exactly, sector. exactly. So maybe if it were revenue generating, then maybe attention could be paid to it because these days a lot of people are drifting towards the private hospitals mm-hmm. because some of them, because they are owned by the private, the mm-hmm. private individuals, so they invest and then they also bill you for their investment yes. so you get to pay. But when you talk about government hospitals and all of that, you don't. It's not. It's not a profit-making venture. So maybe that could be the reason why the people in power are a bit hesitant when it comes to investing in this place. But it's really important because if you have been asked to allocate 15% of your GDP Mm -hmm. to health and allocating 4%, what are you expecting? That's abysmal. That's that's, that's really enough. And I think what what you just made me think of as well, the fact that it's not revenue. And I'm thinking about what has happened in the last couple of years, if we're looking at doctors and Mm -hmm. midwives and all the protests and um, strikes they've been going on. So it's very interesting that it's not just the um, people, the citizens of but as well the, the people, health workers health workers as well yes. actually in such a very um such a i don't know the word to use but a fragile period yes. looking yeah. at the pandemic yes. and already um already before the pandemic how the health sector has been quite fragile and then now it's like it's worse because they're um they're prone to different things meeting different people it's not just about covid but we have other things like Lassa fever yeah. so and then now that's basically what's leading to our brain drain because almost in every family we have a doctor right yes but at yes. the same time now again we're saying we don't really have doctors yeah. yeah because people are living you know for you to and the job is not even something that you can be paid for because the efforts you put in, you can't quantify it. Yes, I mean, saving absolutely. a human life, yeah, you can't absolutely. quantify it. I mean, you know how you feel when a family member is ill and they, are, they get better. You feel so excited. At that point, you can give anything. So now you can imagine these doctors saving these lives and they're not even paid the basic. Absolutely. The motivation. You see some of them angry. Sometimes say, oh, Nigerian nurses are angry. Yeah. Well, they usually are. <laughs> I think, I think, I think it's, no, but I think it's frustration there as yeah. well. So they, they have all these people to deal with. They're, no one is taking care of their own well-being. So it, it's, it can be frustrating. It rubs off. Yeah. It, it, it should, right? It, should, it rubs off on the application. They're only human, aren't they? And I mean, yes. Just from personal experience, what I've just remembered as well, with this anger thing and stuff, like 
most of the people again annoying nurses as well are patients but patients as well are angry because um now when we even see we are talking about okay people live in government hospitals and going to private hospitals but even when you go to private hospitals now every because most people are going there as well you just go in and there are too many people because mm -hmm. probably through hmos and stuff and i know I've, i'm kind of about like a hospital that is trying not to do hmos why because they said most times when we re when we work with the government as well, the government doesn't, doesn't pay us. Pay us. So, it's still so you see that problem again. So now that's going to affect the private institutions. Yeah. And then affects the people. So it's like a domino effect, effect now yeah. going on. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, um, Nigeria is unable to meet that 15% benchmark. But Rwanda and South Africa yeah. have met the benchmark of 15% of their GDP um, going into health care. So why do you think Nigeria is unable to do it? What is it? What's the problem? I think I mean there are so many. When it comes to Nigeria, I try as much as possible when discussing things like this not to mention corruption, because corruption is like the very first thing. But I try to be objective with you. Know, let me just leave. So let's just leave corruption for now, <laughs> like side, yeah. because I mean we all know that is like the blanket reason why yeah. most things happen. Because if not, why not? You know that this is going to be good for the nation. Why not do it, right? So now, I would like to look more at the fact that we have weak institutions. Absolutely. Right? So, it's a case of somebody needs to be monitoring these things. Somebody needs to be holding Regulator. people accountable. Yeah. Right? So, it's not even about this country, they have good leaders or bad leaders. Some of these countries we look up to, their leaders are not even any better than ours in terms of personality. Mm. You understand? It's just that for us, we do things and then we get away with it. So now, yes. if we have strong institutions that monitor the processes, strong institutions that put people in order, mm. I think most of these things would not really be happening. For instance, you are supposed to allocate this amount. So the, if we have strong institutions, they should ensure that these things are done. Mm -hmm. I mean, not just the health sector, all other sectors as well. But then yes. the f if everything is, everything is done right in all the other sectors, the health sector will also benefit from, yeah. from it. Yeah. Right? So now, okay, now, um, GDP allocation, that's on one side. Then we also have budget allocation. allocation. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to make that distinction. Yeah. So now for the budget, so now this is like writing out... Oh, this is how much we want to spend in, in this year. Yes. So that one we're supposed to be spending at least five uh, sorry, five percent. Okay, of, of our budget. budget. Of our budget. Yeah. Okay. So it's GDP fifteen percent but budget five. So the budget the budget for what we're spending, do you understand? So now over twenty years we've managed to do four percent on the average. Okay. For the past twenty. So we've not we've not even gotten there. So budget is allocated to so many things and health is kind of neglected. So institutions are not monitoring it and then we we not understood the importance of health. Mm. Okay. We've not really understood the importance of health. Maybe because like we said earlier, it's not it doesn't generate revenue. Yeah. So it's just a sector that you just have to keep giving, yeah. giving, giving, okay. giving. Yeah. Right? So maybe that's one of the reasons why nobody is really so interested in doing so much for that. But then this sector also gives back. Yes. It gives back in terms of the workforce. Mm -hmm. yes. if quality the people, of, quality of life. Mm -hmm. If people are not healthy, they can't produce, Absolutely. they can't think. Absolutely. But then that one is not directly, so sometimes it could be neglected. Okay. So I think weak institutions and the fact that we don't see the benefits mm -hmm. yes. immediately, the benefits of spending on health, we don't mm -hmm. see it immediately yes. in terms of, you know, monetary yes. cash back. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Sorry. Um. Just before we leave that one about the weak institution. So in the 
article you spoke about um the national health insurance um scheme yeah. which is the nhis so it's more like the body that also covers um insurance and everything and um we know generally as well one of the things that helps with um health access and stuff is mm. when you have insurance kind of you feel a bit better but then um here what we have is that um consequently insurance coverage in nigeria is still at less than five percent very low. But that means, the, is it that the problem as well, is it from the NHIS in itself, and there's no, or rather there's no um, information out there to citizens, or it's the, well, still the budget? For the insurance issue, I would blame everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> both the government and both everybody. Oh, the people. Uh, all of us as well, you know? I mean, some <laughs> people are registered into the system. So, for some people, it's a thing of um, awareness. Some people are not even aware. Mm. That is something called um, NHS or health insurance. They're not even aware. They don't even know about it. Yeah. So that's why I blame the policymakers who are supposed to make sure that at the grassroots people are informed yes. and they are told mm. the benefit. Just like we advertise every other thing. But we yeah. have the national orientation agents. I so, mean, and they're not doing that. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my grandmother does not know what. <laughs> my grandmother in the village. I'm sure she doesn't really understand what health insurance is all about. No, no, you're that's you're taking it so far as the village. You could come to the cities, even the center here, Abuja. You might find that someone so, doesn't. Right. They might have heard about it, but they don't know what insurance. They don't is. know what it is. Exactly. So these are issues. So for people like that, you can break it. If you feel they are not smart enough, or maybe they are not well read enough to understand it, then you can break it down into their local dialects yes. and give them, you know, instances where they should know that. Yes, find this a way is the that way they understand. Yeah, and then our insurance system is such that the way they've structured it is such that only people in civil service absolutely and you know here mm. in nigeria we have a lot of people who don't even work for anybody mm. people who own their own businesses yes. people farmers you know how are they put into consideration mm. how do you collect their premiums how do you reach out to them yes. because for those informal employment it's easier mm. but then for a good number of our population who are in the informal, in, sector. informal sector yeah so how are they represented how do they get access to this only those who are those of them who are educated know that oh there's an insurance scheme i should key into it but for the other people it's just another venture of paying extra money every month yes and then also so now bringing the policymakers in again Sometimes you hear um, hospitals complaining that they are not getting their money back. Yes. From the um, HMO. So so they do not want to be a part of the, the system. system. Thank yeah. you. So they can even go to a hospital and you tell them insurance, they, they are reluctant to deal yes. with you. Mm -hmm. yes. Because they know that before they can get their money, it's yes. another struggle. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said for insurance, I'm, I blame everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everybody. Okay. But of course, the government can do more to make it... An easier venture. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, um, talking about, you know, I want to take it back to, to the very first part of the discussion we were talking about when she said that looking at the ones, the top one, the, the top countries, countries yeah. um, that the ranked uh, the highest, um, that their, their GDP translates into at least, you know, better health care. Yeah. But this is another argument. Just economic, that I always, I always have discussed this with uh, a lot of people in the development sector. Mm -hmm. And it's common to see that you have to have certain things within you know, um, a country before that G that size of that GDP translates into the well-being of society. So it's not just yes. Yeah, so it's definitely, not, it's not just, just numbers. Yes. So it's just it's not just because you know you have a huge economy or your GDP is large. The largest GDP like Nigeria doesn't mean that you know it would translate into well-being. And um, your research really does highlight that. Because if you look at it with the size of our GDP, we have weak institutions. And this is something that we, we need stronger institutions for you know our GDP to, to translate work. yes into yeah. I mean they're the engine of 
of any nation, right? They're yes. the drivers of any nation. So we would need that. Um, I found out, I found that very interesting, and now I can use that as an argument when I'm talking to people. <laughs> and I read that article and you know, make sense of it. That's one. Yeah. Okay. Another thing is that right with the pandemic that we spoke about earlier, when you brought it up. So this pandemic has has um, highlighted weak. Weaknesses in all of the you know global in global health systems. Yeah. So it's not just Africa, mm-hmm. it's not just Nigeria. It's the whole world, and it's because there's not the spending in healthcare is not is not as it should be. You know, globally too. Yes. Yeah, not just yes, it's global. Yeah. It's, so the thing is, um, we see um, countries spending more in defense and in science and technology, etc., etc. Um, and maybe one of the reasons is you said you know. Because it's 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 not the revenue generating, right? But I think another thing is, you know, you find that could it be just lack of will of the leaders to? Because when you're talking about like like now a location, now you're talking about them having the will to do it. You mm-hmm. might say you want to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yes, let's all do fifteen percent. When they go back after <laughs> that meeting, all of them decide, you know, it's not in my interest. I don't want to do this. I don't mm. feel like it. I don't have yeah. the will to do it. So I think that might also be, uh, you know, one. Uh, so. What's, what, what, what can we do? Where do we go from here? To be honest, on that, I think, you know, individuals were self-seeking. Even with politicians, not just Nigerian politicians, politicians all around the world, they're also self-seeking. Absolutely. They want to look good on paper Yes. so that by the next election, they are still credible or they are still attractive to the electorates. Yes. You understand? So that's just their aim at the end of the day. Yes. So now... When you are spending on health, how do you tell people that people were not getting so sick during your tenure? How do you quantify? I don't know if you understand. understand. Apart from building hospitals, you know, those are physical structures that you can see. How do you quantify the, how do you quantify health care? So that's exactly the delivery, the assets. How do you quantify it? Except you can count, okay, I built so so and so hospital, but it's not just about building, putting up structures. Yes, yes, yes. So that one, people count it, oh, in, during my tenure, I built so so and so hospital. But it's not just about the hospitals now, it's about the Efficient. efficiency quality of those yeah, Quality. Thank you. The people are receiving. <laughs> so now, I think that's one of the reasons why even the con- the so-called countries that are doing well, mm-hmm. they're not doing as well as they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you start digging out health issues in other countries, you mm-hmm. start see, mm-hmm. even the U.S. Global, Germany, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, Look at the U.S. <laughs> and the NHS. Yeah. What's going on with the NHS? Now. You start digging out. So it's still, I, so I think it's just the situation that there is healthcare, unfortunately, doesn't really have that um, quantifiable um, attributes. Yes. So maybe if it could be quantified, okay, then people would be more inclined right. to do more. Yeah. Okay. We don't get certificates for good health, okay. but for education, you get certificates. You you know, people are graduating. You can sort of put numbers it's into it. It would be yeah. very interesting to say, oh, I'm healthy. I've been healthy for this year, the whole year, so I get a certificate for being healthy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Or, or I've been going to the hospital and I've been attended to within maybe two hours or less. The rating system. You see the stuff. private sector doing that though. Because private sector hospitals, you see them, okay, you know, they, they what they do, yes, so they, they get paid, right? Yes. Um, so they get paid, obviously. So they need to say, they, they need to put things out there like, um, you know, when you come here, you know, we, we attend to, you see it in their reports. Yeah. You know? And when they, part of the strategic planning, you see that, you find that, Okay, wait time of patients, you Should know, more attendance, this. you know, um, ca- uh, cases of maybe mis- uh, misplacement of something or negligence, or, you know, um, should drop by some, mm. some certain percentage, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, and that's because, yes, they are made, that's, that's their bread, as people yeah. say, they're, they're making money they're off making of that. Um, so, 
can any of that be transferred to the, the pr- public sector? I mean, maybe not the money making, but that sort of attitude and drive to do to do the right thing, to do well, to, to provide um, efficient health care. It can. I mean, we have Cervicom, where if you go to a hospital and they are yeah, it's it's the word, messing with you, you can, you know, report and yeah. things get sorted. Some hospitals, it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about some of that. I know Cervicom, sometimes you report to them and you get, like, instant help or instant okay. whatever okay. to you know make your and Cervicom, this is a hell uh, this is a is a public um is a public institution. institution yeah so i think Cervicom is trying to you know bring that accountability aspect but then when it comes to policy makers and elected officials i believe it's a thing it's a general thing that they need to deal with the fact that it's not just about your next election because like just like you said wait time and all of those things that they look good but then how how do you how do you sell that to the public in the long run like how do you put all these things together and sell it to the public like, oh this is what i've done during my tenure they're going to be like uh-huh. did you build roads you know they are not seeing those <laughs> because as long as the, the person is not sick you only feel you only feel health issues when you are sick or your family member is sick yeah if God willing, you are well. Everything is God forbid. Ex- <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Yeah. So if, it doesn't, if it doesn't really affect you, it's not you know on you per se. You are just like mm, he did not build roads. The yes, roads yes, are yes, still. Yes, uh, my children yes. have not been in school. Teachers are strike. You know stuff like that. People c- tend to neglect it. So translating it to the public sector, when the one motivation, which is money, mm-hmm. is not a factor here because now public hospitals they have to be affordable. Yes. You can't. The price cannot be as high as yes. that of the private. So, the money which should have been the driving force is not there. So now the people offering the service, what's their motivation? They know they still get paid either way. Yes, yes. So it's going to be a bit difficult unless we go back to a governing body mm-hmm. that would be on them, like a very strong institution. So I keep going back to institutions. Yeah. So we need to have strong monitoring since we can't use money now as as a as a factor. Mm-hmm. We can't use money because public hospitals. Yes, we can't use money. So. Mm-hmm. Institution, we need strong monitoring and okay. transparency. Yeah. In your in your research, finally, in your research for me, um, in your research, I've seen that um, you know there's a little more spending um, during the time of the pandemic. Yeah, but negligible though <laughs> because of the size of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but then it, it's there. So, do you think that we will see this um, more investment post pandemic, um, like more investment? In yeah, or, I mean, or would it would it just be back to business as usual? Yeah. I I think we would definitely see more spending because I think what the pandemic has done is that pandemic has actually opened our eyes to see that at some point you might need to depend on yourself. Mm. So now during the pandemic, people couldn't travel. Yes. So people couldn't get access to some of the foreign care we, we usually yes. we, yes. we usually depend on. So now we saw that a lot of people saw that we need to actually put some things down mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it will be business as usual. Yeah, because at Nigeria at least just you know sort of what do you call it? Health tourism, right? You just leave the country <laughs> and you go and get it. And they couldn't leave you in time. But they could, yeah, a lot. Of there was a lot of frustration. Yeah. So in that class, people saw that we need to do something here, and I, I'm beginning to see because even with Cervicom in the hospitals, I'm beginning to see that because I, I keep talking to friends and then I keep hearing, oh, I went to the hospital and this happened and I called Cervicom and it got resolved immediately. So, I saw that people now sit up more because now they know that this is what we have. These this is right. what we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if things get so bad, we are stuck here. Mm-hmm. 
And then we even saw a situation where some countries are not even allowing people to enter their country. Absolutely. Even after the whole scale of the pandemic was um, not was a bit down, mm-hmm. when it wasn't so scary anymore. So, mm-hmm. I mean, in the beginning, it was so scary. Mm-hmm. But then at some point with the vaccine, but still, some countries were still, you know, yes. occasionally, they would say, don't come. Yes. Or they would say, come. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're not even sure anymore. Yes. So. We needed to do something. I feel like the pandemic has helped in that aspect. And then when you look around, you see that we've set up a lot of research centers for healthcare. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't remember their names right now, but I know that even the research centers for all these viruses and stuff yes, that were a bit non significant. Mm-hmm. Now they are gaining No N C D C has become huge now all over the world. <laughs> a lot of people didn't know that there was something called N C D C. Even yes. with all the diseases we've had in the past, Lassa fever and the rest, yes. but Right now, NCC is now has been a lot of people now know about NCC. Yes, 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 they even send you messages, yes, they do. health alerts and all that. Yeah. So there are now more and a, a whole lot of other you know university research centers for viruses and all of those things. Yeah. So I feel like the pandemic was a wake up call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um for me this is my last question. Mm-hmm. Um now that we've been talking about the post pandemic, so now we're in two thousand and twenty two. Mm-hmm. Eight more years to go. What does this mean about what does it mean for Nigeria and the universal health coverage in the sustainable development goals? For me, personally, what I've said, I don't think we'll meet up. I mean, what have we done with the 20, uh, 22 years? Yeah. And then what? How, how far have we gone in 22, with 22 years? So now, what are we going to do with 8 years? I mean, we can always try to get better and better. But I don't think we're going to meet up with that universal health coverage. A lot of people still don't have access. Is there a change, at least? Is there a shift? Is there some improvement? Significant, not negligible. Significant improvement. Something that you can hold on to and say, okay, this happened and this has happened and this has changed and, and this has improved. With in- innovation I think we've actually, I mean it's, reflect, it's reflective on our this thing. With healthcare machineries and all that, even though not everybody has access to those things. Mm. I think we've actually come a long way. Mm. We have actually come a long way if you look back 20 years ago. True. There's some diseases, I mean before now I'm sure we didn't have any place where you could do like um, this Mammogram. mammogram and you know the machines to do those things but now you can do those things in nigeria you can do your cancer scan yes. radiography mm-hmm. chemotherapy you know these are big big diseases anyway but i feel like we've actually come a long way we've gotten some of this machinery mm-hmm. you know the whole ebola trend first of all i would applaud us and not applaud us because how did he get into nigeria in the first place the um the, what's, what is it called now? The first case. Mm-hmm. What's that word? I forgot it, what you call the first patient, case. The patient, patient zero. zero. Uh-huh. So how did patient zero get into Nigeria? Okay, we're not going to blame the health sector now because it was at the airport. Yeah. At the airport, he was let in. Yes. So now if you listened, if you read the news and all that, there was a lot of pressure on that woman to let that man go. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of pressure on uh, Dr. Ameo. Adidova. Ad- yeah. <laughs> to let her go. A lot of pressure. To, sorry, to let him go. Let him go. L- like, he just has malaria, but she held on to it. Mm-hmm. And again, that was a private hospital. Or is it not? Yeah. The hospital so, th- was this pressure from government? So, he knows somebody somewhere and then somewhere... He was, going f- he was supposed to go for an ECOWAS meeting. Yeah, he said diplomat. Ah, okay. So, so, oh, so, okay, yes. okay. so, so based used, on that, yes. first of all, based on his diplomatic... Immunity. Immunity, his mm. passport. He didn't even go through the usual checks. Yes. And this oh, guy, was yes. he had high fever. And then the health people who are supposed to be on alert. Yes. Let him get through the airport, and then because he gets so sick, what was the name of the Carrington Hospital? I can't remember. I, the remember. I think it's a private hospital. So, again, he got in. He got in there, and then they were putting a lot of pressure to let him go for his meeting. Mm. 
So I feel, if not for the timely intervention of everybody in that hospital, so I applaud them mm-hmm. at that point. I mean, some of them even had to lose their lives mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. process. If not for their timely intervention, I feel like it would have gotten way worse because Lagos is one of our most populous, populated states. Mm-hmm. They say it's the most populous, so you can imagine yeah, what, the popular, would exactly what would have happened. So they held him down there, and so. Okay, I would applaud the health sector and not applaud them, to be honest. I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm, I will sit out. I think I'll be on the fence with that one. Yes. Because, yeah. Hmm, Ebola. <laughs> okay, so any I final think. words? I mean, yeah, very I mean, interesting um, topic to discuss. Any final words from yeah, you? Um, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. For, with that as well, because um, what, we, what we've just discussed as well is the part one of um, the series ah. you're writing, because the three-part series yes. you're writing. Yeah. So yeah, um, apart from any more other words as well, what sh- else are we expecting? Because um, you said in one other part you're going to discuss about financing. financing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so this first one was more like a general overview. Oh. Okay. So now for the part two, which is out, it came out recently, very recently. So that one, uh, the discussion is more focused on the financing. You know how we can get this done. So I did a little bit of comparison, not so much of that, but a little bit of comparison with some of the countries that are getting it right, or at least getting it better than we are. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so I looked at some of the financing models, and of course, we saw that um, here in Nigeria we do a lot of out-of-pocket payments, yes. which is one of our major issues for a country that has over fifty percent of its population living below poverty line. Mm. How do they? Aff- how can they afford to 70%. pay? Poverty, 50% extreme poverty. <laughs> extreme, yeah, extreme exactly. poverty, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> and maybe, I'm not even looking at the poor ones. I'm mm-hmm. looking at the, those in extreme poverty, poverty. you know. Yes. So those ones that live below uh, $1 yeah, a day. day. So how can they afford to pay? So that was the focus for the second one. What can we do to make this things better? I mean, in summary, it's all about insurance and making sure everybody has access to health insurance mm-hmm. because that's what most of the world is doing. Absolutely. And then the last, the third part, which will soon be out, is on access. We have a lot of people in the rural areas, even in the urban areas, those are the slums. Yes. Access to healthcare. Access the educated, health. the non educated. There shouldn't be any gap whatsoever, irrespective of your social standing. Yeah. yeah, you should have access, access to healthcare. To healthcare. So yeah, that's what the remaining parts we talk about. Okay. <laughs> um, um yeah, so I think this brings an end um to this episode. Um talking about yeah. The African Sustainability Index and as well just the health sector in Nigeria. So uh, it has been great having you, Miss Chinuku Ogo. So thank, thank you. you very much. Um, and as well, please and please and please visit our blog and as well our Instagram page and follow and share our podcast on Anchor, which is called An African Perspective. So thank you very much for listening. <laughs>